Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the TMV podcast brought to you by the Muslim Vibe. As always, I'm your host, Salim Qasim. Um, and this week, actually, we decided to change things up a little bit. So, and I think going forward as well, we might we might go with this. So I've got a co-host with me, um, Jessica, who is our deputy editor. Jessica, do you want to say salam? Assalamu alaikum. Hello, I'm Jessica. Um... I guess we should probably, people know me because they hear my voice every week. Um, do you want to tell people about yourself? So I'm half American, half Japanese, I guess. I'm the token different person in the office. <laughs> token um, different person in most rooms full of Muslims, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, yeah, and I'm also a convert. Is that what you're... Yeah, and a convert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah. So no, there aren't many American Japanese Muslims in any room generally, are there? You'll be surprised. Really? I don't know any personally, but yeah, so there aren't essentially. Um, and you've been working with us for about three, three months. Three months, yeah. and you're enjoying yourself. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, <laughs> I made sure that yeah, there was a, there was a yes there. Um, yeah, I think that's it by way of introduction. Um, and do you want to tell people what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today? So today we're talking to Shaf, who is one of the co-founders of the Riz Test. And I've never heard of this personally before we decided to do this podcast, so this has been really eye-opening for me. It's basically an online platform where they review movies to see how Islamophobic they are, I think is the... And they, they have they have sort of certain criteria they look yeah, at, um, and, and you, you stress test a movie based off of this criteria, um, named after Riz Ahmed, because he, he, he gave it... well. Well, Shaf will tell us more about this on the actual podcast, but it's, um, to be honest, I, I really enjoyed uh, our conversation with, with Shaf, and, and I'm sure you guys will too. Uh, we kind of we kind of started talking after we set up the mic with him, um, mm-hmm. and, and the conversation just organically started. So it sounds like we're in the middle of a conversation, that's actually <laughs> the beginning. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll... we'll Play the tape, so to speak, um, and hope you guys enjoy it. Does your background relate to this stuff at all? I'm I'm a techie. I'm a techie. Um, I've all my career's been in tech. Okay. And banking, unfortunately, but um, but yeah, just just I'm a techie. Neither of us are from the industry. Yeah. Um, and uh, neither of us from the industry. We just thought, as people who watch film and TV, we thought this is this is craziness. Mm. And we just decided to work it from that perspective. And then you guys, how do you guys know each other? Um, so, Sadia, he was Sadia Habib was on already involved with a couple of anti-Islamophobia um, projects, anti-racism projects, and it's going back four years now. She um, she was involved with that kind of thing. I was just on Twitter one day, and I think someone someone in uh, we had a friend in common retweeted something and from that we, we we kind of connected on twitter and then and that's it that that, that was really it it was connect, connecting on twitter oh yeah. And she then, yeah she she's based in um south manchester i'm north manchester i'm, I'm a northern northerner Oof. straight up as north as they get. absolutely <laughs> got as mangas as they come really <laughs> so yeah so then so she so we became friends and we, I mean, her and her husband, Marshall, really great, really great couple, and we'd have these film nights and theatre nights and that kind of thing. We'd all kind of get together and watch films and watch plays, mm. and it kind of came from that. Really, we, I mean, the Riz test is not a new thing. It's not a new concept. You've come across this yourself in the past, where and every Muslim out there who watches a film, they'll watch a film, really enjoy the film. And then over food afterwards, usually it's rip just it apart. completely <laughs> rip it apart. Oh, it was a great film. If it was, if it wasn't for that one scene, or if it wasn't for one that 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 one character, yeah, yeah. This is not a new thing. We're not creating something new here. It the thing, the thing, the thing has already existed out there. And um, me Beach being a data nut, and Sadia being a she's a hardcore researcher. She just finished her PhD in um, in. British British values, identity and belonging. So it's, she's really she's an incredible intellect. And she's she's editing a couple of books now, she's writing one herself and she's got a ten years history of she she's she used to teach for ten years in London in English. 
So both of us have got quite an analytical mind and we thought, well, wouldn't it be, it'd be good to kind of somehow quantify and measure this? Because mm. the conversation that we're having, everyone's having the same conversation. Yeah. How do we kind of get all that information together and, and kind of analyse it and, and put it up there and to see how bad the problem is? So it's really from that. So it wasn't like a triggering film, like it wasn't one movie you watched that... No, I, I think what it... You're right, it wasn't one like, oh my mm-hmm. God, this is the one that we have to kind of go back to. It was really just like a drip, 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 drip kind of thing. And um, I think Back to the Future came on TV, one of the real ones, Back to the Future 1. Yeah. And because Sadi and I had been, had been discussing this and, and the conversation really revolved around, well... The, the Bechdel test that we were discussing earlier, it was um, the Bechdel test is to how poorly or well women are represented in film and TV. Yeah. And, you know, you, you know the criteria for the Bechdel yeah. test. So, so I, I think, um, I realised, by the way, we didn't actually start the podcast. Right, okay. We, we just... I, I <laughs> we just was, kind of flawed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I'm happy to go with this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so, so the Bechdel test um, looks at three criteria. So the first one is, does a movie have two female characters? Mm-hmm. Secondly, do they talk directly to each other? Yeah. And thirdly, do they talk about anything other than a man? Yeah. And I think whilst that sounds like a really basic... name, Sorry, they have to be named, named characters. characters yeah. um, and it sounds like a really basic thing to pass. But the fact that it exists, mm-hmm. the fact that so many movies actually fail that particular criteria just shows the depth of the problem when it comes to female representation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that's why, like, the Riz test, mm-hmm. and I think the name of of it as being the Riz test, you know, Riz Ahmed is probably the most notable Muslim in 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 the media, I would probably say. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, like, in the last few years, the movies he's done have just mm-hmm. been huge. And I remember, TV shows as well. And, yeah. and TV, but yeah. I remember his career early days when it was that uh, Guantanamo show that he yeah. did. Yeah, Road to, Road Road to Guantanamo. Road to Guantanamo. Four Lions, for me, was the, the, the best <laughs> thing I've seen in a long... And still stands, to be yeah. honest, as, like, probably the best bit of satire. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it almost... Everything that we're looking at, mm-hmm. or everything that you're looking at with the Riz test, mm-hmm. kind of was encompassing that very nicely mm-hmm. in terms of like just how Muslims are represented. And even like within within the show, I remember very clearly there was a bit where the police raided his brother's house. Sorry yes. if anyone hasn't, I mean, it's like 10, 15 years yeah, old. If you, haven't, <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, think, don't know what to say. If people haven't seen it by now, they're probably not listening to podcasts, <laughs> you know, to be fair. They're still, they're still yeah, yeah, they're still uh, stuck on Game Boys and <laughs> Sega Mega Drives. Yeah. But anyway, so... When the police go and raid his brother's house and they've got like their their religious circle of friends yeah. and whatever else. And the, the irony of it being is that like the guys who don't practice, who wanted to bomb a boots because they sell condoms or yeah, whatever else. Yeah, and like yeah. these are like standout lines that were hilarious at the yeah, time. Yeah. But it's quite interesting that even today, mm. Muslims or quote unquote Muslims that perpetrate terrorist attacks and are the, the bad guys, so to speak. Yeah. And never the, the religious ones in the centers. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So, okay, I mean, you know, this has been a very weird intro to the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We jump straight in. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, t- tell me more about, um, so you, you, you've said that there wasn't like a specific moment. Yeah. But how, how did it start? How did the RIS, te- the RIS test come about? So, yeah, just going, just kind of rewinding a little bit. It, it came to the point where we, I was watching... Sadia and I had been discussing, you know, the Bechdel test and how would that translate to a Muslim context. And we thought, well, where would we start on that? What criteria would, would work? And one of the great things about the Bechdel test is, is it's in its it's elegance, really. Just three simple criteria. And anyone can remember that. And you and I both know it. Um, and, you know, countless others know it. And the, 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 the website itself is just a crowdsourced project that people just submit reviews. I mean, the website's awful, right? If you just literally, it's like my first website kind of thing. But it, that's not the point. It's just a huge catalogue of data. And we thought, well, where do we start with that? So we thought, well, what would our criteria be? So I literally created a Google Doc. And then so Sadia and I, we thought, let's just brain dump, you know, what we think. So we create this humongous list of criteria and I wanted three criteria but we, I think we had mm. probably at one point about 70 criteria it was oh. it, it got quite nuanced and um but we thought well you know what we, we one thing we did notice was there were actually there are actually three themes that have come out of all of these criteria 
and and we thought broadly speaking muslims in film and tv are usually presented in the context of terror in the in the context of culture or the context of gender they were the three things that we kind of thought they're the three common themes so the five criteria as we as we know it came from a, a huge list and we had to be really brutal as to how we break that down and that's how the five criteria came about interesting and and what are the five criteria yeah, so I've got them here because I constantly forget them. It's, it's, uh, it's, I always miss one you of them. You work from 70 down to 5 and then yeah. you forgot the 5. Yeah. You probably tell me the other 65, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. So, but the, the, the qualifying criteria is that is there a Muslim character in the film, that identifiably Muslim character in the film? Okay. And that can be by ethnicity, by clothing, by name. Because sometimes they aren't named characters, but they will ring around in a, a thobe or a shalwar kameez or just r- random Arab-looking clothes. and Or it's just by ethnicity. So it has to be identifiably Muslim. And, they, and, and if they're in the film, the first criteria is that are they talking about the victim of, the suspected, sus- suspected of, or the perpetrator of terrorism? The second one being, are they presented as irrationally angry? Third, are they presented as superstitious, culturally backwards, or anti-modern? Because oftentimes Muslims are seen as anti-progressive and just like these, you know, crazy barbarians. Um, the fourth one is, are they presented as a threat to a Western way of life? The Western way of life is often, you know, put upon a pedestal of this utopian way that that's the only way to live. Really ignoring, you know, thousands of history, thousands of years of history. Um, but then the, the, the last criteria is actually split up into two. If the character is male, are they presented as misogynistic or are they oppressing a, a female character? And the 5B character criteria is are they, if the character is female, are they presented as oppressed by male counterparts? And that's it, really. If So if a movie fails, mm-hmm. there is tests. Yeah. What, I mean, do you recommend what to do I mean do you want to boycott the film or how do you how do you move on after a movie fails I guess nothing that's that's a really interesting question because we don't want to say you know don't watch the film or you know Mm. or endorse the film what we want to really just just create is a data set and just say look just is is this this kind of way of measuring Islamophobia in in films Mm. and portrayal of Muslim films this data set has never really existed before the conversation has and you know it's the risk test. The reason the risk testers resonate so 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 loudly with with lots of people is because it's not new. This people is familiar to people, but we've never quantified that data before. And when we review a film, oh by the way, I should say that if the film fails any one of the criteria, it fails. Mm. Yeah. So if you fail one of them, the whole the film yeah. fails full stop. But it's a good question. We we do say that you know. It's up to the viewer, really. But what we're what we're trying to cultivate and develop is a critical way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you watch a film, and not, this is not just for Muslims, right? Islamophobia is not a Muslim problem, right? It's a societal problem. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. Doesn't just affect Muslims, because we know right behind it, there's a bunch of other bigotry that comes. You know, um, and so we're, what we're trying to encourage is a a critical way of looking at things, but also b. We, want, we do genuinely want to affect change in the industry. We want we want filmmakers and scriptwriters to sit up and take notice as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. So they either are more mindful of what's going on in, in terms of when they make a film, but also when they're in the writer's room, actually writing these characters in the first place, we want people to think about it and have Muslim representation not only on screen, but actually off screen as well. All right, but to play devil's advocate, <coughs> yeah. should I, I know that... I think, you know, even behind the screen, um, there aren't enough ethnic minorities, Muslims yeah. in the production process, directors, all of that kind of stuff. It's just something we need to address internally, I feel. Yeah. But is the role of of Hollywood and of TV not to reflect kind of themes and things that are interesting in, in, in society today? Yeah. Um, and so terrorism... Is a is a big deal talking yeah. about Muslims in America. Trump talks about Muslims all the time, and yeah, yeah. and they they've kind of been vilified in that way. So portraying Muslims, I'm not saying that we should portray Muslims in a negative way, mm-hmm. but conversations around portrayal of Muslims and gender and misogyny and oppression, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, 
does that not then make sense? Like, of course they need to talk about that. Because if they talk about things in a utopian way, yeah. people won't be able to resonate and relate with the sentiment. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's an interesting question because what we with the risk says, what we don't want, what we're not saying is that every Muslim should be a superhero, right? Although there aren't any Muslim superheroes, apart from actually Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. um, you know, Kamala Khan, she was written by Muslims actually. And, and, and that comic was a runaway success. It sold out and it's, you know... Um, and it's, I mean, just on Kamala Khan, actually, Miss Marvel, the character is a 16-year-old uh, American Pakistani in New Jersey. And that is super relatable for, for Muslims, young Muslim women in the US, because you, if, you've, if you've read the comic, if you've as geeky as I am, you, you read the comic. I can't say I am. <laughs> Not many people are, to be fair. But... Um, in, in the comic, one of the first few pages, it's her and her friend walking into a deli and smelling bacon being cooked. And they were talking about, oh, it's haram, right? But doesn't it smell nice? <laughs> and it's just, it's just that silly little thing like that that every, the everyday yeah, yeah, person yeah, yeah. kind of relates to. But, but on your question, what we don't want is every character, or I'm advocating is for every character to be a superhero. What we're saying is there is no one type of Muslim. Right? We, we all know this. You can't say a Muslim like you or me or you. It's it's a Muslim can be anyone and anything, and to to kind of break it down to some basic tropes, it's problematic for a number of reasons. Because how often do you see a positive representation of a Muslim on screen? How often do you see a irritating Muslim on screen that isn't portrayed in an Islamophobic perspective? But I mean. We, Come on, we, we all know irritating Muslims, right? I'm I'm one, right? And so, <laughs> so we, we, how about just presenting some human characteristics on the on screen, yeah. and and an example of just a normal, uh, you know, just a normal irritable Muslim on screen is one of my favorite films, um, Office Space from 1999, and it's kind of a it it flopped the box office, but it did. It's That's good. why because they had a Muslim normal, <laughs> yeah. And um, now you blame them for, for not portraying normal Muslims. <laughs> But the interesting thing is, in that film, there's the 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 it was actually a, it's become a cult hit in among among techies and whatever. Um, and the core the core theme of the film is these three disgruntled um, IT workers who they hatch a plan to kind of get out the the bosses and create this thing and and it all falls apart as a comedy type thing. And one of the three um, kind of masterminds is um, a guy called Samir, and he is identified as being from. Uh, Riyadh in Saudi Arabia and his involvement in the film is just because he just and he's quite actually quite an annoying character when you watch it he just he hates his commute he hates his job hates his printer hates his car and he just wants to live as you know a kind of middle management kind of cozy life yeah. and he just happens to be Muslim and I think it's referenced once or twice in the film but throughout the film he's just like a normal guy mm-hmm. And he's not again. He's not a superhero. Quite, quite the opposite. Actually, he's actually he's actually framed to be just quite an irritating person who's just irritated by everything. And is that not irrationally angry? But he was not irrationally angry. He's is that angry at his he was job? Irritable. Just because. I mean, the thing is, how many of us have had that moment where we just get annoyed at our job and just get just mm. whatever? And and that's human, right? We we want more normal human um, portrayals on screen. There's another film I've I've just thought of, and Jessica, I'm going to put you on the spot after this. You need to come up with one as well, since this is what we're doing now. I don't watch. Okay. <laughs> make one up. Yeah, just make up an American news film like Office Space that no one's uh, come across. So, um, Barbershop. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't, no. Um, and, and basically, there's one scene where this guy has got a corner shop. He's yeah, yeah. Pakistani. He's named Samir. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, uh, his shop gets broken into. They steal the ATM. Yeah. And... His, I think his girlfriend or wife or whatever is um, like just a, like a, a local sort of African American, like from the community. Yeah, yeah. And like he's Muslim, it's yeah. really random because he's Muslim because he owns a corner shop kind of thing, which is okay, fine, <laughs> yeah, stereotype. But yeah. like he's just a normal character in it. And yeah, I, yeah. I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, the guy's name Samir, like he's obviously Muslim, but yeah, he's not yeah, yeah. praying or, or like cursing or praying to God, like. Yeah, he's just yeah. he just happens to be Muslim. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I think it passes. So we can add that to the list. Well, you, I'll give you the form. You need to <laughs> review. That, 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 that can be the next review, right? Jessica, any thoughts? I really well. My question, I think that might be interesting, is that so? Do you want more people in film who just happen to be Muslim? So do we want to like 
stop focusing on being Muslim and just being human who happen to be Muslim? Or do you want people who are kind of more proudly yeah, Muslim? Well, I think it's, um, I mean, what when I think the thing with the qualifying criteria is that we're not saying that every film needs to have a Muslim in it. That we're not saying that Lord of the Rings needs to have Frodo and Sam doing his Tukhara before they go to Mount Doom. You know, we're not saying that kind of thing. That would be brilliant. It would have been great. That would be so good. Yeah, it's yeah, the calling the Sheikh every five minutes. <laughs> I need some advice, please. I, I need to know. Yeah, it's the Tukhara said no, right? <laughs> so um, End of the movie, five minutes. <laughs> and um, so we, we, but you're right, we want human stories to be told um a, a great example of a of a tv show actually that, that passes it's on amazon prime tv it's called the romanoffs it's a it's a it's actually reviewed by someone um it was actually reviewed someone sent it in and the whole show is about um the russian royal family and the descendants of the russian royal family and the first episode is called the violet hour and it's set in france and there's this character um, called Haja in it, and she's this um, she's there's this racist, you know, French woman who's she she's elderly and she needs help, and she's the carer that gets she she's been through a number of carers. They all quit because they can't deal with her kind of thing. And, she, and Haja turns up this um, I believe she's a Moroccan French French Moroccan, and she turns up hijab, great at her job. She gets a bit of abuse from um, the the elderly woman, but she kind of sticks with it, and you know, she kind of you know saves you know kind of wins a heart kind of thing. But it's not just a cliche. Oh, she's the ideal kind of model immigrant, mm-hmm. you know, trope. She ends up being. She's not a perfect character. Um, she ends up, um, you know, she ends up kind of sleeping with someone in the film as well. And I thought, okay, that's that's crazy, right? But the point is, she's just a complex flawed human being she's a character like any other character exactly. who happens to be Muslim exactly so it's not it's not we're not falling into the Islamophobic tropes mm. but at the same time we're not falling into the trope of the model immigrant yeah. who every you know Muslim needs to be this law abiding perfect person yeah. who mm-hmm. is just this ideal that you, you look to I had I had a, a crazy uh, instance I just got back from America um, I haven't I haven't told you this actually Jessica so I was in uh, the, the, the line TSA you know yeah. to get searched at the airport <laughs> And this woman was this woman was in front of me, and she was in um, New York for the the women's march that took place um, oh, yeah. the weekend that I was there. And I, I we, we got talking, and she was bad mouthing Trump. And what was awkward was that the people in front of us were clearly Trump supporters <laughs> because like the way they turned and looked at us. But she didn't care. She was loud and proud, liberal. Yeah. Um, and uh, I told her I actually, you know, I I I have a magazine. I, I publish a lot of stuff about Trump and usually it's quite negative and she was like oh yeah good for you and she was like so what's the magazine about I was like it's called the Muslim Vibe it's for like a Muslim audience so she goes oh so you're one of the good Muslims then oh really yeah. and I was like wow so you're going to be liberal and like an activist and, yeah. and I was like okay cool and then in the same breath she was like do you have a bomb under there I was wearing like a jacket it's freezing in New York yeah yeah and, I, and it was a joke yeah, yeah but I'm yeah. thinking like this is these are going to be the people that that don't mind us that can tolerate us yeah and yeah. that's the kind of reception i was like i was gobsmacked yeah. i mean there was, it got worse <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's it's well in fact no it is related because I, I told her i had a daughter and she was like oh has that now changed your perception about like the ro- role of women in society oh, wow wow and i had to like explain to her that like a lot of the stuff that she's probably seen is very cultural yeah, yeah. and it's like arab culture for example mm-hmm. which has then been transposed onto islam islam is very pro women's rights and Absolutely, everything else yeah, yeah. but like she just then moved on to insulting me from a different angle <laughs> like, but it, it's it, it's crazy that when when we talk about um muslims yeah. even like the the, the good non-Muslim, yeah. so to speak, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in quotation marks, they still have these like, preconceived notions about yeah. us, and that's only kind of furthered by this. Yeah. Um, and so, so, and that's why I always feel like I have to be sort of loud and proud Muslim when I engage with people and interact with people, and I try and bring Islam into things yeah, yeah, just yeah. to show them that I'm a normal guy queuing up for my groceries, you know, to pay whatever, yeah, but like, yeah. I'm Muslim. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so... But then, that, in in a way, that's a shame as well that you feel is, obliged no, to do yeah, that, yeah. right? Why can't you just live your life as you know? But that's because we're we're fighting against like the mainstream narrative. Absolutely, we're I mean, fighting against we're fighting against when they talk about grooming gangs mm, in the UK yeah, yeah, when yeah. they're Muslim, they're Muslim yeah. grooming gangs. When yeah, they're yeah. white, it's just 
you names know, or faces. Person with trouble you, bringing yeah. Well, oh, no, but even then, they, like if it's a gang of of guys, they yeah. won't call them Christian. No, it's true. You know, they're probably born Christian yeah. the same way that these guys are born Muslim, yeah, 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 but yeah. don't practice the faith. Yeah. So it's um it's a mess. <laughs> I, think, I think it's hard to be just a boring Muslim, you know. Like you either have to be a really good Muslim or a really bad Muslim. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's weird when you're just kind of normal and boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we do need that though, kind of boring Muslims who are almost not interesting. Yeah, and yeah. that in itself makes them more interesting because you're yeah. just like. And, and it's sad. It I is know. sad. <laughs> and I think that's what we want to see on screen because that's relatable, right? That's yeah. it's um it's it's ultimately Muslims are human. And it's it's having Muslim represented across the board, and um, you know with with the risk test, it, we're not trying to we're not on day one we're not trying to transform the film industry. Oh, that that's that, the end goal, right? We want to make sure that you know, people take note for these things. But what we want is just human representations on screen, um, and you know, but but we're not we're not anywhere near that just yet. It's mm. it's this is it's craziness what we what what we what, what we're seeing on screen. S- slight uh, change of pace. Uh-huh. Um, it's called the Riz test. Yeah. Has Riz Ahmed himself, d- does he know about it? Did he give you rights to using his name? Yeah. Did he try to sue you? What, what's, the, what's the situation? So that's that's really... That's, uh, that's really and, wh- and where did the name come from as well? So yeah, so as I mentioned at the beginning, it was, it was really called the, the Bechdel test for Muslims. That, that was the criteria. That was the, the kind of the working title. We... Riz Ahmed did his now infamous um, speech at the House of Commons about representation and uh, on on screen and that kind of thing, and it came from that really. So he he did it. I mean, Riz, as you said, he prior to his um, film work, he was actually a rapper and he still is actually. He releases music quite often, and that is actually very loaded with um, you know activism. And if you actually hear it, it's like very political, and even before that. He would he would describe himself as an activist, mm-hmm. and so his speech was it was it was, it was great, and it's on it's on your website actually. So it's um the, the you know the uh, speech is wonderful, and when he did that, we had our we thought we need, we need to call it something, but Riz did his his, his speech, and we thought well we have to call it the Riz test. It just, yeah. it just sounds great. You know, the timing was perfect. Timing was absolutely perfect. Yeah. So it became we named it the Riz. So test. you guys have been working on it before he gave the speech. We've been yes, we've been working on this for probably three years. We've okay. been discussing it, and we've both got full time, you know, jobs and careers and stuff. Yeah. And so with with that, you know, it, it takes time to kind of get your head around things. But but along the way, we've been discussing, getting formulating it, you know, nailing down the criteria. He did his speech. We, we ended up calling it the Riz Test. Then we launched it last summer on on Twitter. Literally just creating the handle, getting out of there, following a bunch of people. And it, it felt it felt like you guys launched in response to his speech because I think the timing wise timing wise I remember yeah. seeing his speech it went big we yeah. posted it it yeah, went yeah. viral as yeah, well yeah, yeah. and then next thing I see this account called the Riz Test yeah, on Twitter yeah, yeah, I was like yeah. okay someone's jumping on the bandwagon yeah, yeah, yeah. but then I saw like some actual because even the website wasn't ready at it time. wasn't so literally I had I had bought RizTest.com and it was just lying there doing nothing. I thought literally one Friday night. I thought I'm just gonna create a Twitter account, and just, you know, as you know, nothing exists without a Twitter account, right? Of that's course. that's the the marker of something <laughs> existing. And um, so created it. Went out there, and within a week, we had hundreds of people retweeting, and and we put out like maybe like two or three tweets. I think we put the criteria, and that was it. And yeah, the criteria blew up. It I remember. Did, it did. It really no, did. No pun intended. <laughs> Sorry, that doesn't pass the Um Yeah. So it it went everywhere, and then we were completely unprepared for it. And then, funny you mentioned Riz's name. So we um so me and Sadi were talking about. Oh my God! Look how many people follow the account, and this is a weekend, and we're on the phone one day, and I think at that point we had a number of journalists follow us, and then we were saying that. I wonder if Riz has heard about this, and because um, we, we it was done in like an homage to him, right? Mm. And so the conversation we were having was either he's going to get behind this and really kind of or resonate, he's rip you apart. or he's going <laughs> to send us a cease and desist. You know, what I mean? <laughs> stop using my name. And I went, you know, let's shake shake this thing off. These crazies from Manchester, and literally half an hour after having that discussion, I'm at work. I'm just doing my thing with this with his with his client and my phone just starts going berserk and I look and I scroll down and, and Riz uh, quotes us on, on Twitter. Yeah. 
nice. and he puts out, um, you know, never had an, anything named after me before, but this is much needed, you know, uh, excellent work. And all this is tens of thousands of followers start going, yeah, yeah, this is great. You know, and, <laughs> and and then so we thought, okay, well, that's 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 not serving us. So that's good. So he's so he's, so he's taken it in the right, you know, and 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 since then. We were approached by a number of news outlets um, from around the world, you know, film blogs and all that kind of stuff get in touch with us. And uh, Vice Canada got in touch with us and they said, look, we want to do a piece on this. Um, and so we did. We we did a uh, an interview that went live on vice.com rather than just Vice Canada, which was wonderful. Wow. And um, straight after that, uh, Metro got Metro... Um, that was in January, the Metro piece? It, it was, um, I think it was just before Christmas, I think November, I think it was. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, Oh, that was no Metro News, so uh, this was at Metro.co.uk, got uh-huh, in touch with us. Okay, yeah. um, and so that was, that, that, that was written, uh, that, well they asked, do you want to write your own piece? So we wrote our own piece, that went like, that again, that blew up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Riz got a hold of that, and then Riz, uh, he, 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 he again, endorsed the project saying, you know, shout out to the wrist test. This is much he loves it, it's got his name. <laughs> it does, it does. <laughs> and the thing is, it's um, and it really kind of, um, I wish I planned it this way, because as you said, it kind of came off in the back of Riz's speech, but then at the time it was such a hot topic because shows like Bodyguard and Informer and all of these things came out at the same time. I could not have planned it better. Mm. And it, I didn't. <laughs> it was literally just this coincidence. And because Riz giving his like a public endorsement, mm. uh, it was it was great. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's where it's come from. We have had a, a little bit of dialogue with Riz behind the scenes. And um, I think that's about as much as I can say about that. Oh, exciting. Uh, so it is exciting, inshallah. <laughs> so, it's, um, so we have had um, a bit of dialogue. As long as we can jump in on those DMs that you don't like. <laughs> they get a three-way conversation. So he, he followed us on Twitter, right? So yes. I... So like I kind of felt like oh well how long is it before I can send him a DM right so <laughs> literally I sat as I, I was thinking is it the two day rule yeah, what yeah, is yeah. it so then um, so I waited for a little while but then I, I went ahead and slid into his DMs. And you say you waited a little while it probably felt like three hours it was probably about five minutes <laughs> five minutes I've yeah. been in those situations like, I, I need to message this person but when do I yeah, exactly so it was um, so we uh, we sent a message and. I thought, you know, he's, he was doing his film Venom at the time. And just a low budget. Just a, you know, he just yeah. as it is. Throw away. Was, you know, I thought, but he, he replied within like a day and I could not believe it. Honestly, I thought like a, you know, like yeah, a teenager kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's completely, uh, but he replied and he goes, look, you know, this is great what you're doing. And, and you know, messages have gone on since then. And, um, and you know, there's, I'll tell you once we stop recording. Okay, I, I like this. This yeah, is yeah. good. So it's um, if you want to find out, guys, then you're gonna email me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know what what he says. Um, yeah, no, but... so uh, okay, I, I guess also it would be interesting to know some examples um, of films you mentioned. Office Space. You mentioned Bodyguard. Yes. Um, Bodyguard was huge. It was. Um, I actually refuse to watch it. Jessica doesn't watch TV. <laughs> So she hasn't seen it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know enough because um, we, we, we did a, a bit of content around it. We yeah. made a video talking about it. And um, what, are, what are some other big examples? And also, I mean, with Bodyguard, mm-hmm. uh, where, where does it fall down in this regard? How does it fail the test? So Bodyguard is the example we use about how of a really poor example, uh, actually a really good example of how badly it fails in this test. Um and for those who haven't seen it, you know, the this the, the the show opens with um Muslim character Nadia who's, you know, got a bomb strapped to her, you know, you know, under a jacket. And she's um and she's portrayed as this kind of oppressed woman who'd been forced to um, you know, undertake this ter- terrorist attack. And um and the story arc goes that episode one, like, spoiler alert if you've not seen it yet, but it goes from her being this oppressed woman terrorist to the the end of the show, the big reveal is that she's actually the mastermind. Everyone underestimated her. She's actually the mastermind and not the oppressed one. Um, and and a that's bad enough in itself. Bodyguard fails the bodyguard fails every, every each five of the criteria within the first twelve minutes of the first episode. Twelve minutes. The first twelve minutes. Every each every 
I kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch the first 12 minutes. <laughs> watch, it, watch it to hate it. It's, it's really almost, you know, it's, it's, they've taken like this bingo of Islamic, you know, Islamophobic tropes and they just hit it every single one within the first um, 12 minutes. And um, so it's awful in that regard. But the crazy thing is the writer, Jed Mercurio, he's actually a very accomplished writer. He's written um, a number of things on TV, um, In the Line of Duty, again, another very successful show on the BBC. Um, he actually came out because it wasn't just the Riz Test who came out and said, look, this is this is wrong. Lots of people did. And he felt obliged to respond to that on Twitter. And I actually think he did an interview with the Radio Times saying that, no, it's not Islamophobic. I'm not being Islamophobic. Just watch it to the end. You'll see how I, I subvert this narrative. And he he was thinking, I mean, I'm empowering this woman and that kind of stuff. But really, empowering her to be a terrorist. Empowering her to be a mastermind terrorist. <laughs> a mastermind terrorist. And it was um, and that was that was the shocking thing that he actually thought he was he was being really progressive with it, yeah. which is which is bananas really because so that's it's like an added kind of like salt in the wound that he thought that he was being so clever with it, and he actually started blocking a lot of people on Twitter that were criticizing him, and. There's an organisation called Act for Change, and they, they, you know, as you can imagine, they, they, they work to promote um, underrepresented actors in, in, in the industry. Yeah. And he ended up blocking them and a bunch of others. And so we created a, a hashtag, Blocked by Jed. <laughs> and so we kind of started talking about who else had been blocked by Jed. And then on the back of that, he started unblocking people. Um, <laughs> so we knew we were getting through to him. Um, and then he actually agreed to engage with Act for Change and a couple of other people, which was great, which is really positive out of yeah. it. But, um, and, but the crazy thing is, Bodyguard isn't just a show that went out there, it's a show that's done incredibly well. It's the most um, successful drama that the BBC has put out in the last 10 years. It's, it's you know, the market share is unbelievable. I think 10.7 million viewers of the final episode yeah. um and that's a combination of TV and iPlayer and all that kind of thing. And take it a step further, the rights to the show had been sold to Netflix. So rather than the, than the body card going out to the UK audience, it's actually now going global. to a global audience. And, and, winning, and it's a very talked about show. This is scary. It's, it's winning awards, right? It's winning Golden Globes and, and, and that kind of I thing. I think the good thing, well, not the good thing. I remember when, when the Road to Guantanamo came out mm -hmm. in the UK. This was like, what? 10, 15, God knows how many years ago. I I only caught the last... It was, I don't know how many episodes there were. It was quite short, like a mini-series. It was like it, yeah. three or four, something yeah, like that. Yeah. I only caught like one or two of them because that was in the days of like, you have to be home, sat in front of the TV to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no iPlayer, yeah, there was no yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. And you had to hope that you made it to one of the reruns that was on TV. Yes, yes. And and you knew how to work the, the VHS yeah, like... Recorder. Recorder yeah, 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 with... Yeah. Times and oh god, that, those were the days. Those to, were the days. I used yeah. to record wrestling when I was a kid, <laughs> yeah. and I would always mess up the, yeah. the time because yeah, it was yeah. like one a.m. That's it. Yeah. And I'd uh, yeah, and it was just yeah, too much of a tangent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in terms of in terms of shows, uh, what what other shows um, would you say uh, fail as spectacularly as Bodyguard on, on as such uh, on as wide a scale? Well. I think another example would be Sicario Two. I mean, okay. I've, I've not, seen I, that, yeah. I've not seen Sicario One, um, but um, Sadia she she reviewed it, and the actual film has nothing to do with Muslims. It has actually it actually represents um, Hispanic communities very poorly, and but at the beginning there's a scene where there are Muslims praying, on they're they're they're, they're praying. They do this terrorist attack, and that's it. That's it. There's nothing more to do with the film, so it's almost if it was gratuitous. It's a gratuitous representation of Muslims, and and I found that I mean, Sadia found that shocking because it it had nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. It was just this thing at the beginning used as a plot device. I mean, Muslims now are unfortunately used as a shortcut to bad guys or terror mm. or bad people and that's all they did they thought let's set the scene throw some muslims in there you know what world we're in basically exactly exactly so that's that's a that's a shocker about how how, how it fails um another one that i would um this would be um a good example would be informer that came out directly after bodyguard um it's as if the bbc had this season of you know let's you know <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it right season of hate season of hate there you go um Bodyguard, it's it's actually 
um, Bodyguard was actually quite a sensational TV show. When you watch it, it has some quite unbelievable, um, in that you wouldn't believe it, it could exist. That's what I mean, it's kind of a straight up in a kind of a, of a Hollywood kind of way. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the critics ignore the Islamophobia. A lot of the critics said it's just a bit of a bonkers ending to it. And, and, and I agree. Uh, but Informer was a much more nuanced show. And it was very much about, um, again, if you don't know the plot, it was around um, the counter-terrorism police recruiting um, informers from within the Muslim community to work mm -hmm. with them. And that's the kind of the plot of the show. So we knew without watching it, it was going to fail because Muslims are going to be presented as, you know, terrorists and whatnot. But we wanted to kind of appreciate the context of it and just really, you know, watch the story arc. So we actually reviewed that show episode by episode rather than doing the whole show. We actually did it one, um, one at a time. So there are episodes that actually pass the RIS test. And um, interestingly enough, at the beginning, uh, very you know, close to the beginning of the podcast, you were discussing good Muslim, bad Muslim and that kind of thing. And also you mentioned how from Four Lions, the more religious Muslims were the ones that were actually nothing to do with terror. In, in you know, in Informer's defence, one of the episodes, it has one of the counter-terrorism um, police actually saying that when you're recruiting Informers, go for the go for the kind of lost souls, the ones that don't go to most, the ones that are involved with drugs and whatnot, they are the best Informers. The, the, the more religious ones, have got nothing to do with the religion, uh, terror. So, so it does pay. It does nod towards that direction. That statistics tell you that you know the more religious the Muslim is, the less likely to have to have anything to do with Islam. And I thought that I kind of I appreciated that nuance, but the the show still failed. And and it very you know there were specific episodes. So Inform was another one that that fails. Um, going back to what we were discussing earlier with there's there's, there's shows that we grew up. There's TV show. Um, TV shows and films that we grew up with that fail that you actually look back at it and you do, you kind of miss that bit like Back to the Future fails um, and do you, do you know what part I've, seen, of, I've seen Back to the Future so yeah. you've seen it but do you know why it fails the wrist test oh why it fails the wrist test I know but that's because I was reading <laughs> your articles <laughs> it's the beginning right right the, yeah yeah it's the Libyan terrorists yeah. Who killed Doc oh, Brown? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. So it's like they take that for granted. Yeah, absolutely. So Doc Brown was supposed <laughs> to get this uranium for the Libyan terrorists, mm -hmm. and um, so when you think about it, Doc Brown's actually a really evil guy. When you think about it, he's, he's yeah. you know, but um, but then it's the Libyan terrorists who kill one of the heroes of the show, and it's blinking, you miss it, mm -hmm. and it's not until you look back at films from your childhood you realize, mm -hmm. hang on, this has been, um, it's 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 a it's a it's a very deep problem and. The, the 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 fact that none of us noticed it at the time was that you kind of it's quite sad that we've kind of internalized yeah. these you know these 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 portrayals of Muslims and you know that was us when we were young and you know what about you know our children what about our nieces and nephews and the you know what, what it's it's worse than it's ever been really and so what are they seeing and how they how does that affect their view of themselves and how they see themselves in the world? But do you think this is? Like, do you think it's more of a film industry problem or just an entire societal problem? I mean, do we even bother tackling the film industry if the entire society wants these kind of movies? Well, I, I think, you know, it's, it's a good question. Um, you know, ultimately, some of the analysis that we've done is that some of the biggest fails are, you know, are the most grossing in the box office. And, That's what um, I was saying earlier. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it sells and... Um, you know, there's, there's a piece, we've been doing workshops at universities, universities have got in touch with us and we've been doing running workshops with them and we've done them at SOAS um, here in London, uh, we've done it at Cardiff University, Manchester, um, we did one at the Muslim Lifestyle Exhibition in Manchester and there's a, we've got a few lined up for this year as well at Birmingham, University of East Anglia um, and a few others have been in touch as well and in that one of the parts of the workshop, I actually explore Islamophobia in the Marvel universe, and it's something not something you often you think about, but it's um, the interesting thing about what you're saying in terms of you know is what you see it isn't isn't this the reality of the world we're in, or even in the the world of fantasy where anything is possible when you've got vibranium. I mean, vibranium doesn't exist, but even in that world of fantasy where you can make anything up. Um, you know, Islamophobia still persists, and it kind of thinks, well, er 
you know, Iron Man and all these crazy characters can be imagined, but what can't be imagined is just a normal Muslim. <laughs> and I think that's what I find shocking yeah. as well. So even if you take away the factual representation of what's going on in the world today, yeah. extend that to fantasy and, and you still find it. Black Panther, I mean, I, I love the film. It's a great film. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy it? It's, it's good, right? Uh, no? I, I don't want to say yes because I feel like you're going to make, well, actually. <laughs> well, well, actually, it, 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 it does actually fail the wrist test. There's that one scene where that the Boko yeah. Haram scene. Oh, the beginning, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like, and yeah. it's not just the. So this is the thing, like, even now I've yeah. got to that point, sorry to cut you off, but What's I've like? got to that point where when I start watching something, the second something like that happens, I'm like, okay, here we go. And and the funny thing is, before mm-hmm. when I would hear a Muslim name, I'd be like, hey, yeah, we got a representation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like, oh god, what's this terrorist? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they've conditioned us as Muslims yes, in that yes, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't, I, I don't know, like, because when I looked at Black Panther, like, I was, I was, I looked at that scene and I was thinking. Yeah, you know. <laughs> why, right? Yeah, why yeah. Is, is, is the underlying sentiment, yeah. I guess. And, and, and I, get, I, get what the, I get what they're trying to do, but then um, it's not just here some, you know, bad people, and, you know, it's not only the trope of these, you know, these, these, these women wearing hijab in the back of the truck being liberated and taking off their hijab and, you know, mm. being liberated mm. in this kind of way, in this kind of very orientalist kind of way of mm. looking at, at, the, at the Muslim world. But literally, one of them says... Wallahi, I will kill her. And I think it really, you just had to throw that Wallahi in there. And it was, it was um, you know, it's kind of, it does, I mean, I, 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 I still, I will watch it again. It's a really good film. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, it, it, it does leave a little bit of a bitter taste. Has, has, has setting up the Riz test ruined movies for you? You know, that's a question that people ask. But as I said, you know, this is it's a not a new thing. It, films have always ruined themselves for us, right? Yeah. Again, so when we when you watch films and you know, as you said yourself, you watch a film and you hear a Muslim's name, you think, oh, what's going to happen now? So we've not ruined it for you. What we're what we're doing is just highlighting it and saying this is how badly we kind no, of. No, I mean for you personally. For me personally, because now you're watching and you're like you're waiting for the moment. <laughs> so you're not activated into the risk test game. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, uh, I, I guess. I mean, I love film and TV, so I'll watch it for it for its for its merit. Um, I don't want films to fail the risk test, so I always go in with a positive attitude that it it, it, it passes until it fails. Of course, yeah. right? So, uh, or it doesn't even qualify. So you, I, it, I don't think it's failed it for me. But all I'm, all, all maybe it's been sharpened a little bit. You know, maybe mm. my risk test senses have kind of <laughs> sharpened a little Spire bit. Senses. Absolutely. Um, and I guess I, I, I wanna end this on a positive yes um so again i asked you about the, the things that have failed can you name any any big films not ones that have flopped at the box office um that, yeah. that, that passed the riz test you know it's a very very difficult question to answer because um you know there, there are very few actually big blockbusters that pass the riz test one one um one recently actually it's does pass is which I'm really pleased about is Ralph breaks the internet. You know, Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, yeah. the second Wreck It Ralph. Is there a Muslim in there? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a young character in it. I think I think it's called Nabila or something. And she's um and she and and someone re- reviewed that for us. And she's just this sweet little girl who's in it. Um, so that's a again that's not really. I mean, it's a cartoon type Pixar type thing. Um, but we found that more more TV shows pass than, than than films that we've so so far we've had just shy of a hundred reviews now and and that has come from come from around the world so since we launched the risk test we've got we've had, we've had contributions from the UK from New York from San Francisco from LA from Canada from Europe from everywhere so we're just shy of a hundred reviews now and I've only contributed maybe between five and ten of those but most of them have come from the community. And people in people are sending in reviews that I pro, I never would have have, have, have come across. Yeah. So it's more it's more like TV shows that pass. I mean, for example, I don't know how old you guys are, but um, I don't know if you remember Oz, the TV show, American TV show about a prison unit, um, and that passes. Um, it's problematic in itself because the the character that passes is a guy called Kareem, and he's a black Muslim, and he because he's portrayed as this wise character. In you know who who's he 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 kind of practices, um, 
aggressive pacifism or something like that it's called basically he's this pacifist guy he's an aggressive person aggressive pacifist there's a term I can't remember it now but basically he's this wise guy that people come to for advice um, so he passes in a Muslim portrays of this wise person in this context of prison but then it's not it's not wonderful because it still has that problematic view of this the, the person that passes is a black person in prison yeah. right so it fails another the framing yeah, yeah exactly framing of it fails um and so, what one another show that I I, I love is Community. I, I don't know if you. Well, I've seen Community. Yeah, yeah, the TV. It's like a um, Dan Harmon. The Community know. College one, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the character Abid in that he's a um, half Palestinian, half Polish character, and he just this crazy kind of film expert, kind of robotic type person. He's he's one of the integral parts of the show, mm. and he just portrays of this guy that everyone loves. Um, and you know there are people who there, there's one specific episode where his sister is in the show and she wears the full niqab, the full full face cover, and there's a little bit of a debate in that. But for the most part, it's it's actually absolutely actually passes. So TV shows pass pass um, and but more than than films. And even what's interesting is someone um, actually reviewed an anime film and that passes. Um, and I think that's really great because it's it's we're getting contributions that are from the left field that I thought now really would considered. Mm-hmm. So we've got I tell you, I, before we carry on actually, um, it's not just about Hollywood, right? It's that's about Bollywood and it's about okay. other film industries as well. Bollywood, horrific actually at yeah, portraying really Muslims. Bad. And yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask, yeah, if you simply if it was only Hollywood or kind of British, okay, yeah. that kind of stuff, or are there? Reviews from Bollywood and yeah, yeah, even from you guys call it the Far East here, right? Like Chinese or Japanese yeah, yeah, films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think um, what's uh, it's fascinating and and it's what's awesome, like, even with, with the Muslim vibe in terms of content, like we get contributions from yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And like when 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 we when we review the, the the contributions that come in, sometimes like I'll try and do a quick Google, or they'll mention in their bio they're from Malaysia, Saudi Arabia, yeah. UK, Canada, like literally everywhere, India. Um, and and what's nice is when you kind of are able to facilitate something that yeah. allows people from everywhere to get involved. That's what's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask how, and we'll probably end on this, but how can people? engage with the risk test what 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 do you need from people what's the what, what are the next steps yeah so it's a good question so um we're very active on twitter at the risk test on twitter so and our dms are open so people do get in touch um people from the industry have been in touch with us as well and so that's, which which have been great the email address is hello at risktest.com um we if you want to submit a review, if you go on our Twitter in the bio, that's your link to a Google form. You can just submit a review through that. If you want to review a kind of long form review, we're also accepting those as well. Um, and so, yeah, just getting in touch. We, we, we have a few things in the pipeline that we're working on. We're, right now it's five criteria, but we're extending, extending that out to literally on the way down from Manchester I'm, I'm, I'm looking at about 36 data points that I'm looking at so we want to extend it out beyond just the first five criteria um, but that's, this is a starting point as the way we want to go with it so if you're a film buff you like you, you want to contribute a review um, we've had people who do data visualizations and stuff get in touch with us they want to collaborate in some way we've had production houses who want to get in touch with us to, to, to actually consult with us to say well we're working on this production what do you think um, and um, again this is a great example I'd like to give um, I know that we're going to close up but someone reviewed the film Tag um, and I've not seen it but it's um, it's got some of the people from the, um, from Hangover in yeah, it yeah I've seen it. Tag yeah. and um, someone reviewed it saying it failed so I thought okay great so I'll put it out there because I mean I, I don't I it's impossible for you can't, yeah. yeah. I put it out there, and whenever I put it out on Twitter, I always tag in the actors and producers wherever I can, and um, and one of, and I can't tell you their name, but one of the main cast um, members mm-hmm. DM does on Twitter and say, "No, it doesn't. It doesn't fail the risk test." And not only that, but they provided like evidence as to why it doesn't. Wow! So it was we were referring to one specific. It was the because you've seen it. It was yeah. the it was the wedding scene. 
and um, someone was getting married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the cast member said, no, 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 here's a link to that scene on YouTube. Yeah. It doesn't fail. Watch it again. So I watched it, I think, you're right. Actually, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. fail. And so that was great because, um, yeah, we had to make a correction. I put it, I, I, I made sure I put it out there. And the, the cast member you know, wanted to remain anonymous and I, and I get why I respect that. Mm. Um, so we put it out there. But the point that someone in Hollywood is taking the time yeah. to respond mm. to us and correct us is, is crazy. I think, I think where, where you can really grow in terms of your power and influence in that way is if, if the community of people listening to this mm. go and follow you on Twitter, go on your website if you've got yeah, a mailing yeah. and subscribe to all of that. Because yeah, yeah. once you have that sizable reach yeah, yeah. and audience, you're then coming with power, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then you're speaking to people representing and you say, you yeah. know, we have this many followers, we yeah. will expose you to this yeah, yeah, if yeah. you don't <laughs> comply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, is where, which is I think where we want to be at, right? Absolutely, we need yeah. to be in a position of, of influence. I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation and, yeah. and we could probably yeah. genuinely carry on and we probably will want to stop recording. Um, any, Jessica, any final thoughts? No, I'm coming from someone who's kind of a hermit in terms of being involved in pop culture. I've actually, I feel like I need to go watch the ones that failed first. <laughs> Just because I feel like it is important to know what's failing. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you can't stay hermit your whole life. Yeah, yeah. But I do think this is really interesting and it, it forces me to realize that we do need to get more involved in the pop culture because it is influencing people and how they Absolutely. act with us. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, my my what's great about this is that it it then it helps us to frame what's acceptable and what isn't in terms of representation. Yeah. yeah. Because the days of goodness gracious me, mm-hmm. um, that was representation. That was us on TV yeah. prime time. Yeah, 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 it yeah. didn't matter that it was stereotypes and they yeah. were laughing at us and whatever yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that was comedy for us, and it mm-hmm. was because there was language and there was yeah, yeah. stuff that you saw in your house in your home, yeah, yeah. which now you're seeing represented on BBC Two, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah. But now the conversations moved and nuance has has crept in. Yes, yes. in a very good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the cool thing about the nature of the media is that you can have a lot of impact. I mean, Riz's speech, um, was it last year? Or yeah, I 2018? Think was, I think it was the year before. Or 2017. Year. I think it was, yeah. That, yeah. that speech that he gave um, and he spoke about all of this stuff, it, it opened a lot of eyes and, mm-hmm. and then and then you guys coming along and saying, okay, here's, here's the problem that he's presented. Yeah, yeah. This is now how we're going to start looking at things yeah, yeah. And, and map the future and, and the examples that you gave of you know the, the the tag the Hollywood movie yeah, yeah. And, and the fact that someone actually got in touch I yeah. think is phenomenal yeah it is yeah. Um, so I guess keep up the good work and we you know we're happy and here to kind of support you guys and whatever you need I appreciate and, and that. you know utilize the platform and, and as I said again for everyone listening just get involved you know if you want to review films and just follow these guys on Twitter because I think this is where we need to be at. Yeah. Um, so thank you for your work and, and thank you for the podcast as well. No, really thank you for having me. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. So that's it for this week's podcast. Um, Jessica, how, how was your first go at co-hosting a podcast? Um, it, was, it, was, it was good. I think I need to talk more. <laughs> you need to talk more, but I, I think it doesn't help when you don't watch movies. Yeah, I think I was the wrong person for this, but this was good for me personally because I actually really do want to go watch movies now well now you, you've got person. a bunch of movies to watch yeah, and the movies not the movies to watch, me not to watch and, the movies and you're gonna go watch. watch them yeah i actually am <laughs> so the ones you <laughs> the told teachers, you not to watch yeah, okay brilliant I'm curious now. um but no we, we hope we hope you enjoyed the podcast i i genuinely was, was fascinated by our conversation yeah, i think it's something that we need um and it's yeah. great work that they're doing mm-hmm. so we wish them all the best um we want to thank shaf for coming down I think I should also thank you, Jessica, for being a part of the, the podcast itself. Azra, well, yeah, anytime. Azra also for producing the podcast, um, and Nuri for for bringing Chef down. We're trying to do this thing now where we kind of show that there are a lot of people that involved. That we're a team, um, so everyone's getting a nice little thanks and a shout out for their input on this. Uh, Hasib also for his creative direction and and vision when it comes to things. Um, that's it for the podcast in terms of uh, next steps and and future podcasts we've got quite a few interesting guests lined up um, where hopefully well okay I'm I'm probably not gonna name drop just now but but yeah just just keep listening to the podcast Um, please do subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on 
um, tell your friends and, and we want to we wanna grow the audience because I think the podcast format is, is great in terms of being able to discuss things in a long form and a nuanced way and it's, it's, it's an awesome platform to engage with people as well. So, so, so do keep listening, do subscribe, give us a five star rating if you can on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, and also more broadly as well, we rely in part on donations and support from, from our audience and from the community. So if you're able to, it would be absolutely amazing and it would, it would mean a lot to us if, if, if you could support our efforts and endeavours um, financially in whatever way possible. Just you know, as little as five or ten pounds a month can, can go a really long way. Um, you can do that on themuslimvibe.com forward slash support. Um, and what else do I want to say? Send us ideas as well. Yes, send us ideas. Um, we're always looking for, for people to write, to contribute. Um, if you're involved in a sort of creative art or space in any way whatsoever and you think there's a way that we can work together, then get in touch with myself on Salim at the Muslim Vibe or you can email Jessica on Jessica at the Muslim Vibe.com. Um, and that's it. We'll, we'll see you next week, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.